Come on, Steve. We've got D in the carpet. Failure is not an option. It's a problem of motivation, all right? Boy's got a mouth like a cannon, always shooting it off. Yeah, something like that. It's the good stuff. And here we go! Shake it back! <laughs> Does that feel good? Yeah, it rhymes. They're both verbs. Awesome. So listen to that. Welcome back to another episode of Strictly Outside the Lines, and Happy New Year! I hope that your New Year's celebration was meaningful, I hope it was impactful, and I hope it was enjoyable. I hope you've really been able to leap into this new year and get started, hit the ground running, and and really get some momentum going. You know, we're day three or four, we're day four of the new year already, Um, and it's four days in. That means it's four days of opportunities to succeed. Four days of opportunities to to make progress. That's four days of taking one simple step. Because at the end of the day, that's really all it is. All it is about taking one step forward, one foot in front of the other foot to get accomplished those things that you're wor- you're working towards this year. And you know what? Maybe you didn't quite get off the ground the way you wanted to. Maybe you fell into the statistic where January first. You just weren't able to get up and you weren't able to get up on time and get things done. You know, got distracted because the reality of life hit you and it wasn't until January 2nd. Or maybe you've been struggling to figure things out. And so here we are, January 4th, and, uh, you know, you're already behind in your mind and in your your books as to what you wanted to accomplish. Well, today we're going to be talking about that. Today we're going to be talking about who are you going to be in 2023? Now, I referenced this in the last episode, but I really want to talk more about this today, and I really want to drive some points home because we get so caught up in doing things how they're supposed to be done and doing things because they're supposed to be done, whether it's the aspects of our job and the roles that we play, whether it is spending money in a certain way or saving it in a certain way, whether it's our religious practices whatever they may be, showing up to synagogue, showing up to church, the amount of times and the way we're supposed to show up, saying the prayers that we're supposed to say, whether it's the way we interact with our boss and and our employer or the way we interact with our employees. You know, everybody has their opinion as to how we're supposed to show up and what we're supposed to do and who we are supposed to be in any given scenario, in any given situation. And we're going to challenge that because what I really want you to focus on this year I want you to focus on being who you are meant to be, who you want to be. You know, it's really interesting. I I was having a conversation recently with a good friend of mine, and I I love to have a conversation with him. I love to speak to him. It's been a while since I last spoke to him, but I love to speak to him because he and I, we butt heads a lot. We don't agree on probably 90% of the things that we talk about. But that's amazing, and I love that because it it fuels the other one. Each of us fuels the other one to go out there and get accomplished those things that we we are meant to accomplish. And um, you know, having a good opposition, somebody you know who who's a friend and who wants what's best for you and who's willing to challenge you on the things that you say, what it does is it forces you to think deeper into 
what it is that you're doing. So to, to give this specific example and to give this story. So I was speaking to my friend. I hadn't spoken to him in a while. And I was just catching up with him. And he's an individual who he he goes and he's been to many different communities. And he's lived there. And he he's a rabbi. And he works as a rabbi in communities. And he's been brought down by a handful of communities. And everywhere he goes, he knows he's there to make an impact. He's there to draw people closer to God, to help them connect better. And he's not playing games. He goes and he makes an impact and he starts initiatives and he gets things rolling. And inevitably what happens is that challenges the religious leaders that are already in that area, the ones who brought him down. And they're looking at him and they're saying, hey, in this short period of time, you've started working with various organizations, you've created organizations of your own, you're impacting people in a massive way, you're seeing great success, well, wait, we don't like that because we're not doing that. Now, they're not going to say that they don't like it because they're not doing it, but that is the reality of it. Is they, it's a, a new, fresh, young blood has come in and he's getting things done the way it's meant to get done and it challenges the ones who are already there who've been there for years. And the same thing will happen in a corporate job. You have young, fresh blood coming in and they're getting things done, whether it's entrepreneurial spirits, whether it's entrepreneurial pursuits, or whether it's your, your typical Fortune 500, you know, your big company. And young blood comes in, or even just, it doesn't necessarily have to be young blood. It could be somebody who's older, but they're coming in and, and they're, they're changing things up. They're challenging the status quo. They're mixing and matching and moving. And oftentimes people who have been in this safe, cushy job or in a position or a role or in leadership position, they don't necessarily like that because it brings into question everything that they've worked on. So that's something to take note because here's what's going to happen. In situations like that, you're going to be challenged. If this is you and you're doing this, you're going to be challenged. People are going to look at you and they're going to tell you, stop doing that. Don't ask questions. Don't challenge things. Do things this way because this is the way we've always done them. Well, that's the problem. The problem is that they've always been done this way and things aren't meant to be done in the same way forever and ever and ever. Even within Judaism and Jewish practice, times change and times adapt. And now I'm not saying to throw all caution to the wind. You know me. I never say that. I'm not saying throw things out and completely modernize and change what we're doing. No, in fact, we have to take the core principles and the core value behind what we do and change the way we approach it, but we have to maintain that same role, that same goal, really, the same principles, the values that we have through which we're pursuing. Whether it's showing up to prayer services, well, you want people to show up to prayer services, change the way you do it. Don't necessarily change the prayers, but change your approach to it, your mindset behind it. With, with work, you want people to accomplish certain tasks, well, change how you get them to do that. Change What's going to inspire them and encourage them to do that? So if you are a change maker and you're somebody who's pursuing impact like myself, you know that you're going to be met with challenge and people are going to be challenging you. But here's the thing. They challenge you because they don't know how to challenge what it is that you're doing and they don't know how to onboard the steps that you're taking. So therefore, they challenge you. All you're doing is being you. And they don't like that because it's not like them. So this is hap what happened with my friend, and, and he and I were talking about this because this is the experience he's had over and over and over again. Because again, his mission, his goal is to bring people closer to God, to help them connect with God in their own way, in their unique way. And 
he creates initiatives and he starts organizations and he just goes out there and he gets it done and people love it because people want to be loved and that's what he does is he loves them. He loves people because he knows that that is the best way to connect people to God by loving them, by showing them love, by connecting with them and that's what he does. But it stirs up trouble because, you know what, he, he's being extremely successful at it, thank God. So I'm speaking to him and I tell him how I love what he's doing because... I genuinely do. Anybody who stirs the pot for good reasons, I love them. But I'm also telling him, I shared with him, my goals, my dreams, my vision. I told him how, you know, um, I'm going to be opening a ranch, God willing, in the next three to five years. And we're going to be living out there on our own, with our own family. And we're going to be bringing young high school age students to come and live on the ranch with us to help as ranch hands and as a place for them to develop and grow their self-confidence. It's a place for them to work on their anxiety. It's a place for them to learn in a way that they want to learn and a place to heal. And the ranch as a whole is going to be a, a place for healing. It's going to be a place for people, for couples who are going through some challenges to come and, and spend time together and maybe even have some facilitated growth, some facilitated conversations, either with myself or any of the other numerous providers that will be there, the people of support. It'll be a place for couples who, you know, their marriage isn't bad. And they just want to spend some time connecting on a deeper level. Well, that'll be available to them. It'll be a place for families to come and reconnect. It'll be a place for those who are just looking for family to come. So I was telling him about this idea. And he asked me, he says, well, one second. You know, what about community? What about a minion? A minion is a quorum of 10 people where we, we typically, when we pray, when we daven, we, we're supposed to daven with a quorum of 10 people. We're supposed to pray with a, with a group of 10 men. Um, that's how it's brought down in Torah. That's how, it brought, how it's brought down in, in Jewish law. So he said, well, if you're living on a ranch, you're not going to have that. Again, thing is that, see, that's the thing, is that's a typical thought process, is these are the things that we're supposed to do. And we need to do them because we're meant to do them. So he was kind of challenging me on this idea, and he was challenging me on um, my thought process with all this. And again, I love it. I appreciate it because it allows me, every time somebody challenges me on something I'm going through or working on, it gives me the ability to take deeper insight and to think deeper into it and really even fortify myself with my conviction that this is my vision. This is what I'm going to do. So I really appreciated that he challenged me on that and he brought up valuable points. But the real reason why I'm bringing up the story is because he mentioned to me that one of the things that he he opened um, is an educational institution. And he said, listen, I would love for you to come down, join us in the state where we live, and you can run my you can run my organization for me. You can run my educational institution for me. He said even that, that this, there's a school there in that area that's hiring. Um, they're looking for a principal. And honestly, ask me a year ago, principal would have been the best position for me. I would have loved to be a principal. So I was like, no, you know what? No, this is not, that's not for me. I'm, I'm done with working in a, in a regular school um, in, in a regular administrative capacity or even as a teacher. But he kept pushing back. It's like, oh, but it would be so great for you. And I kept saying, no, nope, the ranch is the way I'm going. And here's the thing, and this is the point. Who are you going to be in 2023? It very well may be that throughout your life and up until now, people have told you who you need to be. There's been expectations. We've talked about the idea of schooling. Go to get, go to school, get good grades. So you can go to a college, get good grades, so you can get a good job. And then you can retire when you're 70, which you can't even do nowadays. But, you know, whether it's that or whether it's from a religious standpoint, you have to show up to church every Sunday and you have to sit there and you have to worship by these specific prayers. 
You have to show up to synagogue three times a day. You have to show up on Saturdays. You have to, you have to, you have to. This is what is expected of you. This is what you need to do. And here's what I'm, I'm here to say. That's all a load of crock. It's a bunch of BS. Sure, there are certain things that you do because this is how they're set down through religious law, right? You know, religious law dictates that every day I put on my, we call them tefillin, that is a Hebrew word, but in somehow they translate in English to phylacteries. <laughs> there are leather boxes with leather straps that we wrap around our arm and we put on our head and inside the boxes are the prayers of the Shema, the Hero Israel prayer, and a handful of other prayers. And it's one of the ways that we connect to God during the week, because the week is a less spiritually elevated time, so therefore we need assistance from a physical object that has been spiritually imbued to help us connect to God. Um, We're supposed to put those on every day, wear them every day, and do our prayers. Okay, great, I do that. Now, you're supposed to do it with a quorum of 10 people. I'm not doing that. It doesn't fit into my schedule. Practically speaking, it doesn't work. Um, It's also not as meaningful. Now, that being said, Saturday, I don't wear the phylacteries because we're not supposed to. Um, And I do go to synagogue and I do spend time with the quorum of 10 people, which is more more than 10 people, obviously. Um, But I oftentimes find myself in a side room where I pray on my own. Now, most people are going to say, well, one second, if, if, you're, if you're in synagogue, you should be praying with the minion. You should be praying with the group. Sure. However, my prayer is a lot more meaningful when I'm in an adjacent room. So I can still hear the prayers, but my prayer is more meaningful this way on my own because I connect with God on a, more, on a deeper level. Now, this is, the, this is the hill I'll die on. And it's not just with this issue. It's with many other matters. But the point is there are people that tell you you have to do things in a certain way and you have to be this cookie-cutter version of everybody else. And that's wrong. This year, 2023, is the year where you begin to start working on who you are going to be. Finding those lines, as we've talked about, and determining how do you start living outside those lines. Where is the strictly aspect? Again, I still show up on Saturday to synagogue. I'm still there to be part of the minion, to be part of the group of men davening. But I'm also doing things on my own. I do things in my own way. So this year, year of 2023, who are you going to be in 2023? Who are you going to choose to be? Now, we've spoken about it before, that there's four main areas that that you can really focus your attention on. And, you know, in Hebrew, it's three, and then I've added in a fourth. Um, And in English, we'll say it as follows. Faith, relationships, health, and finances. I think those are the four main areas where we focus on our time on a day-to-day basis and weekly, yearly, and throughout our life. You know, you have relationships with your family, relationships with friends, acquaintances, employees, employers, work relationships, professional relationships, people you meet on the street. Your health is typically defined as, you know, healthy body, so it's healthy eating. Uh, but really, there's there's four levels that that I'm aware of that I kind of prescribe to, which are, and they're really more for that kind of the holistic approach, which is physical, physical, emotional, mental, and behavioral, otherwise known as the P P E M B method of of healing. Um, finances, you know, budgeting, things like that. Anyway, so with all these areas, though, you can choose who you're going to be. There's nothing to say you have to be a multimillionaire. There's nothing to say you have to be broke. 
Just because that's been your family history up until now doesn't mean that's what your family history moving forward needs to be. Just because you've struggled with your finances doesn't mean you have to continue to struggle with your finances. You can choose to have financial stability. It takes work. It takes time. It takes sacrifice. But that is a choice that you can make. So start thinking about for yourself this year, what are your goals? Now, again, I'm going to encourage you to use the 12-week year method where a year for now is 12 weeks. And I've done this. I've set this out for myself. I have my goals for my 12 weeks. And I've, you know what? It's incredible. I've started working on them. But you choose in your finances, in your health. What is living a healthier lifestyle look like to you? What is the next level of a healthy lifestyle? So for me, something I started was I started going for walks. You know, I, I determined that the two areas that I'm going to focus on for the next these next 12 weeks are my finances, which means getting a hold of my budget, taking care of some debt, um, and then creating more income. And the other area, and then, you know, working on my coaching and my business and whatnot. Uh, and the other area I'm going to focus on a lot is my family, my more intentional time with my family, with my wife, with my kids. Health wasn't really one of the areas I was going to focus on. Uh, and faith, I believe, is something that's more kind of intertwined within everything. So as it goes, um, I decided January 1st, uh, it was a Sunday. I'm going to take advantage of it. I'm going to wake up 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to go for a walk. We have a beautiful path right near our house. Um, and I'm going to go for a walk. And as I get up, I end up getting up at 7.30. And here's the thing. That's another thing I want to I, I want to pound into you is the idea things aren't going to be perfect. If you mess up on a goal, you mess up on something, you mess up on a task, just pick up where you left off and keep moving forward. So I was supposed to wake up at 7, I ended up waking up at 7.30. Okay, big deal. But here's a divine providence in that. I wake up at 7.30, I'm getting ready to go for a walk. I text my wife, hey, I'm going out for a walk. Um, and she's sleeping, so I didn't expect an answer. I just wanted her to know where I was when she wakes up and she doesn't see me in the room. I walk out of my room and I see my son is awake and he's sitting on the couch. I'm like, oh, hi, um, what are you doing? And he's awake, he wanted to get the day started, he asked me for our extra phone so he could start texting people. And I, sa- he, and I said, you know what, no, we're not going to do texting in the morning, he loves to message people, it's the cutest thing, and, and anybody who receives a message absolutely loves it. But I said, listen, we're not, we're not doing messaging first thing in the morning, nobody else is awake anyway. And then I paused, and I thought to myself, I'm about to head out on a walk, and I was really looking forward to doing this walk on my own, I needed some alone time. But I look at my son and I say, you know what? I also need time with my son. I made a commitment and a promise to myself and to my family that I was going to spend more time with them. I was going to be more intentional. So I said, hey, I'm going to go for a walk now. Do you want to come with me? And my son, I love him. He's like, well, I don't really want to walk. Can I ride my scooter? I said, sure. So he goes, he gets his scooter, he gets his helmet on. We're getting ready to go out. And then I get a text from my wife. Hey, are you still home? Can you take the baby? I'm like, sure, great, let's do that. So I got the baby, got him bundled up, got him in the stroller, and we all went for a walk. And you know, we ended up going, the three Dubrow boys, for a, a three-mile walk. I was not expecting that. We went for a three-mile walk, um, and we came back, and it was great. And, you know, I got to spend some quality time with my son that I wouldn't have normally spent. And it was just a much deeper level. I decided, you know what, I'm going to get up the next day. I'm going to get up at 6 o'clock and go for a walk. And sure, I did it. I got up at 6 o'clock. I went for a walk on my own, this time only not, uh, a mile and a half. Um, and I came back and it was great. And then day three, I'm like, you know what? Today's a fast day. 
Um, I'm not going to be able to eat. I'm not going to be able to drink until 6 p.m. I don't, I'm not up for going on a walk today. And so I didn't. I slept in a little bit. I got some extra rest. And that's the point. Everybody tells you, you have to do this. You have to do that. Your health has to be done in this way. You have to eat these foods and you have to work out this amount. And here's the thing. Sure, if you want to hit a certain benchmark as far as your weight, you're going to have to do specific steps. And you're not going to be able to let up. But you can determine what you want your health goals to be. Right now, overly working on my health is not a priority. And in that moment when I was going for that walk, family wasn't a priority. I was doing it for myself. But you're going to see that there's going to be times where pursuing one thing is going to lead to balance and growth in another area. So my pursuit of my personal time, and I really, I was looking at it more towards my personal relationship with myself that time and then for faith, but that led to me building my relationship with my son. So this year, you can choose who you're going to be in each of these areas. And here's what I want you to do. Take some time, look at the area of faith, relationships, health, and finances, and choose for yourself. Oh, first of all, identify where are you holding in those areas right now? What are you doing? How are you functioning? I know that with my wife, my wife and I, thank God now we have a wonderful relationship. We have challenges and we have disagreements, but that's part of marriage. And we've learned to communicate effectively with each other. I know, however, that with my children, I need to learn a lot of patience. So that's something I need to work on. And I'm going to set measurable tasks, measurable goals for that time-based goals as well. So determine for yourself where you're holding in each of these areas. In our finances, I know that you know we've been kind of free with our financial situation, and we need to get more strict about it. So we're budgeting really well. We're triple-checking, quadruple-checking before we make any decision to buy or purchase anything. You know That's where we're holding with that. So choose for yourself within these four areas. Define for yourself where you're holding. And what is the next level that you want to achieve? So for me, being more patient with my children, and spending more time with them. That's what I can look towards right now. Down the line, I want to have a relationship with them that I see other people have with their children, where it's almost like best buddies. I know that I've got some repair work I need to do with my son, because I wasn't always a great father. I wasn't always a great husband either. And I know that there's some repair that needs to be done. I need to show my son that I am no longer that person that I was then. I was, I'm no longer that insecure father that I was when I lashed out at him. I'm changing. I'm growing. And you know what? People make mistakes and they can grow from that and they can learn from that. Same thing with my wife. I'm showing her that um, I'm going to be a better husband, that I am a better husband. So here's the thing. You do the same thing. And I want you to understand something. When you're driving down the street, you see a construction site. And they have the picture, the beautiful drawn-up image of what the building is going to look like with the beautiful trees and the fancy cars and the people walking in suits. But then you peer through the fence and what do you see? You see a massive hole in the ground and there's construction material all over the place. There's dust and dirt flying all over the place. It's muddy as heck. You know, it doesn't look very good. But that's the point. The work that has to be done is messy. It's dirty work, but it has to be done, okay? You have a vision of what you want your life to look like, long-term and short-term. But here's the final piece to that. Out of all the times that I've seen construction sites and buildings being built and that picture that they put up of what the building's going to look like, 
there's always something a little different from the completed project. Whether it's the color of the windows, the color of the metal, the color of the tile. Maybe instead of BMWs and Maseratis parked out front, there's Toyota Camrys and Hondas. And you know what, instead of people in suits, there's the homeless person in raggedy clothes. But that's the point. The point is we have a vision. We have something that we're working towards. You have your goals for your health, for your finances. And then the work to get there is dirty. It's not fun waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning to go for a walk for my mental health. Stupid walk for stupid mental health. Right? But you got to do it anyway. But the end product, it's not going to look exactly like that picture that you have. That picture, that that vision that you wrote. It's going to look a little different. Something's going to be changed. But you know what? That's the beauty in it. Because that homeless person outside that multi-billion dollar building... That homeless person there in his raggedy clothes who does not look at all like the one that was wearing a nice suit, he's there. And he's creating an opportunity for somebody to give him a dollar, for somebody to give him a dime, for somebody to do some good in the world. Okay? And that's the thing. The journey that you go through, the dirt that you have to uncover, the mess that you make as you learn and as you grow, it's creating opportunities for other people to grow and to succeed. It's creating opportunities for you and your family to grow and to succeed. So you do not have to be perfect. And that is the thing. Growth takes time. This is a journey, as cliche as it sounds. This is a life's journey. You're working on this. It's going to take you a lifetime to accomplish what you want to accomplish. And you know what? You may never even accomplish the the, the full extent of what you want to accomplish. And that's okay. Because in the process... You're going to learn, you're going to grow, and you're going to have a massive impact. One thing I've learned about purpose and in being in pursuit of purpose, purpose is not so much about what you do as much as it is about how you live and how you spend your days living. My purpose is to help and heal and impact the world, right? My purpose is to help men, fathers, husbands who are feeling a bit lost, who know that they want to level up, they know that they want to increase and they want to grow, they want to become better better fathers and better husbands, but they're struggling because they feel like they're already doing so much and there's only so much they have left to give, and they want to know, what, how else can I give? How do I become a better person for myself so that I can be a better father husband? How do I create better finances? How do I get control of my health? How do I create more meaningful, deeper impact in relationships? How do I have more connection to my faith? Right? And I work with men on this, on healing themselves, getting in tune with themselves so that they can give back so much more, so they can leave a lasting impact. But here's the thing. It's not so much about the purpose. That is my purpose. And that is what I strive to do on a daily basis. But it's not so much about doing that as much as going through the journey of life and what I do along the way. The conversation I have with that one friend, the conversation I have with that business owner, the homeless person that I smile and say, here's a dollar, right? That is so much, that that is more the purpose that we have because it makes the world a better place than this idea that we have of one specific thing that we're meant to accomplish. So it's not perfect. You're not going to be perfect. You're not meant to be perfect, but neither is a construction site. And again, the idea here with 2023, this is your year, you know, Who are you going to be in 2023? I will say it again and again and again. This is your time to decide who you're going to be in all these areas. Choose the lifestyle that you want to live and pursue that. 
Pursue that in your health, in your finances, in your faith, in your relationships. Who do you want to be? Sometimes we need to look to others to get an idea. I have my role models. I have the people that I look up to in life. The people that, not I don't hold on a pedestal, but I look up to them. I admire them. I admire what they do. And so I try to model myself after them in certain ways. I want to be that type of father. I want to be that type of husband. I want to be that type of businessman. Whatever it may be. Choose you can choose people that you want to that, that you want to emulate. You can't be them because you are not them. But choose because that's who you want to be, not because people have told you that that's who you need to be. At the end of the day, being who you are meant to be, who you're going to be in 2023 is about what makes you come alive. What brings you joy? I got excited about going for a walk, not because I'm trying to lose weight, but because I enjoy being out in nature. I got excited about spending that time with my son, not because I have to, because I want to. I'm getting excited about getting getting my finances under control at a much higher level, because I want to have that ability to make the financial decisions that I want to make. I don't need to be a multimillionaire. I just need to have enough money to be able to support myself and my dreams and support my family. I want to be able to have that ranch, so I'm going to have to get into a financial situation where I can have that ranch. Whether that money is coming from me and the the way I work and you know pay myself or get paid, or whether it's coming from people buying into the vision and saying, "Hey, we want to support you in that. Here's a donation." Doesn't matter. I don't. I, I want my finances to be how I want them to be. I want my faith to be how I want it to be. And anybody who doesn't agree with that can take a flying leap, because I'm living my life. I'm not living your life. And here's what you need to think about. What is the life that you want to live? What is the life that you are meant to live? Now, if you were born Jewish, there's specific laws that you need to follow. If you were born Christian, well, there's Christian laws, so to speak, or, you know, there's Christian practices. But at the end of the day, all in, in any religion, it boils down to connecting with God on a deeper level. So you were born into your religion, into your culture, into your family for a specific reason. God would not have put you there in that situation if it were not for a specific reason. So utilize that, capitalize that on that. The fact that I'm Jewish, the fact that I'm Orthodox Jew, the fact that I'm a a Chabad Hasidic rabbi, it's because Hasidic philosophy is amazing. I love it. It brings so much light to the world, so much truth to the world, and so much opportunity and optimism. I would not survive as a different type of Jew who did not have access to this, who wasn't born into it. So, sure, there's that aspect of being strictly, adhering to the laws and the principles and the values that you were born into, but utilizing them in your way. So being who you're going to be this year, and start off with 12 weeks, who are you going to be in 2023? Who are you going to become? Who do you want to become? Start now. Look at that picture of who you want to become in all those areas. And yes, it's going to be challenging and it's going to be a struggle. And you might not hit it. You might flop sometimes. You might lash out at your kids. Well, guess what? Part of who you can become is the father who asks forgiveness, is the father who apologizes. It's the husband who, after getting into an argument with his wife, goes over to her and says, hey, listen, I'm really sorry. I really did not mean what I said. I messed up. I hope you can forgive me. Part of it is being that person who 
despite what their faith and religion has done to them and the pain it might have caused them, they still look at it and say, you know what, there is something good here. There's something I can accomplish here. There's a way for me to learn to connect and understand that what I really need to be in pursuit of is the thing at the core, the values, the principles at the core. It's not all the other stuff that's on the surface. You look at the core of Hasidic philosophy. It's all about what we call Avas Yisrael, love of a fellow person, love of a fellow Jew. The creator of Hasidic philosophy was a man by the name of Yisrael Baal Shem, otherwise known as the Baal Shem Tov. At the core of everything he did was his simple love for another Jew. So if a person claims to be a Hasid or claims to be part of the Hasidic community and they are not showing love for another, then they are not practicing Judaism and they are not practicing their Hasidic philosophy properly. If they're putting their ego and preventing somebody else from doing what they need to do, they're doing it wrong. The same thing really goes with any religion, because at the end of the day, the point is to make the world a better place. The only way we can make the world a better place is by adding value. If you are so consumed, if a person is so consumed in, in how somebody's better than them, and they have, feel the need to put somebody else down, then they're not adding value. So you this year get to choose who you want to be, who you want to become, and how you're going to go about doing it. I hope you heard that. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you would let me know by hitting that follow button and the notification bell so that the next time I release an episode, you'll be notified and you'll be able to listen to it. Additionally, it would help me immensely if you could leave me a rating and, of course, write a review. I would love to hear back from you, from your feedback, whatever it may be. So please be sure to reach out either through my email, through any of my social media platforms, or by leaving a voice note. I'd say that was a pretty successful broadcast.